Ah, there we go. Now, uh, let's, you know, call this meeting to order once again. I do apologize for not uh, recording it um, at the beginning. Um, I do have a general announcement. Uh, the minutes will reflect that youth commissioners participated in this meeting remotely through video conferencing um, to the extent, same extent as though physically present. The board recognizes that public access to city services is essential and invite public participation in the following ways. First, public comment will be available on each item on this agenda. Comments or are opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available via phone call by calling 415-655-0001. Again, that's 415-655-0001. The meeting ID is 2486511. 368 then pound and then pound again when connected you will hear the meeting discussions but you will be muted and in listening mode only when your item of interest comes up please dial star three to be added to the speaker line best practices are to call from a quiet location speak clearly and slowly and turn down your television or radio Alternatively, you may submit public comment in writing in either of the following ways. You may email them to the Youth Commission at youthcom at sfgov.org. That's Y-O-U-T-H-C-O-M at S-F-G-O-V dot O-R-G. If you submit public comment via email, it will be forwarded to the commissioners and will be included as part of the official file. You may also send your written comments via U.S. Postal Service to our office in City Hall, 1 Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place, Room 345, San Francisco, California, 94102. Uh, this concludes my announcement, and now I can move on to the roll call in attendance. Um, first on the list, uh, Commissioner Tanaka. Present. Present. Uh, Commissioner Tanaka present. Commissioner Aliota Topir. Present. <clears throat> present. Um, also, if I if I say your names incorrectly, please correct me, and I will <laughs> will get them down. I promise. Um, commis uh, Commissioner Aliota Topir present. Uh, commis Commissioner Shaw. Present. Commissioner Shaw present. Commissioner Hum. Present. Commissioner Hum present. Commissioner Barker Plummer. Um, Commissioner Barker Plummer told me to tell you that he's trying to join from his phone right now. Okay. I will uh let's see what he can do. We will double check and see uh we can assist him with that. Oh, yes, we do have. Do we have some attendees here? I see a couple. I see an Amara Santos. I cannot make them a panelist for some reason. No. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but I'm texting Amara right now and she's saying that she can't hear anyone. Okay. Um, have her try to um, try to uh, re rejoin. Got it. I see anyone. Okay, there's Commissioner Barker Plummer. All right, one more person, I believe, and then I think we got everybody. <laughs> um, so I will uh, let me call Commissioner Barker Plummer again. 
now that they're here. So we're taking roll. So finish. Hello. Is it Hi. present? Hi, I'm present. Is perfect. Can you see and hear me? Yes, perfect. perfect. Thank, Thank you, you so much. All right, Commissioner Barbara Plummer is present. Commissioner Listana. Present. Present. Okay. Commission, uh, Commissioner Listana present. Commissioner Zhang. Present. Commissioner Zhang present. Commissioner Foley. Do I see Commissioner Foley on the list? I do not. Commissioner, uh, Commissioner Foley not present. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Aspal? Here. Commissioner Aspal present. C Commissioner Katobag. 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 Thank you. I was like, that was, uh, I didn't want to butcher, butcher their name. See, ah, perfect. Commissioner Santos is now here. Okay. Uh, commissional, uh, so we do not have Commissioner Katerbeck is not, is not present at this time. Um, Commissioner Pimentel. Present. Okay. Commissioner Pimentel present. Commissioner Santos. Here. Commissioner Santos present. Commissioner Fret. Commissioner Fret not present. Commissioner Love. Commissioner Love not present. Commissioner Oyagata. Present. I got to present. Commissioner Zhu. Present. Commissioner Zhu present. And Commissioner Nguyen. Present. Okay. Commissioner present. Commissioner Nguyen and present. Thank you so much. Uh, we do have a quorum. Um, we uh, can move on to um, item uh, number two unless there is any um discussion needed okay all right agenda item number two is the approval of agenda for uh, march 7th thank you um take this time to look over the agenda this was sent to you via email um as a reminder the expectation is to review it before the meeting so are there any motions um to approve the agenda Motion to approve Walker Plummer. Commissioner Wynn second that. Commissioner Barker Plummer motions to approve the agenda seconded by Commissioner Wynn. Um, staff, can we please take, or Madam Clerk, can we please take a roll call vote? Um, yes, but do I believe, I believe we might have to open this up for a public comment at all before we take a motion. Right. Apologies. Yes. Um, You'll be really bad at remembering that, though. So I'm getting wrong with it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for the reminder. Um, <laughs> is there any public comment on this item of the agenda? Seeing none. Okay. Seeing none. 
uh, public comment is now closed. Now, Madam Clerk, can you please take a roll call vote? Yeah. Uh, Commissioner Tanaka. Oh, right. Motion to approve the minutes, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> um, motion to move the minute, approve the minutes. Uh, Commissioner Tanaka is aye. Uh, Commissioner Aliato Pierre. Aye. 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 Commissioner Shaw. Aye. Commissioner Shaw, aye. Commissioner Hum. Aye. Commissioner Hum, aye. Commissioner Barker Plummer. Aye. Commissioner Barker Plummer, aye. Commissioner Listana. Aye. Commissioner Listana, aye. Commissioner Zhang. Aye. Commissioner Zhang, aye. Commissioner Foley. I believe Commissioner Foley is still not present. Yes. Uh, Commissioner Asfa. Aye. Commissioner Asfa, aye. Commissioner Katerbeck. Katerbeck, Katerbeck, right? <laughs> Uh, Commissioner Patrick, uh, Commissioner Patrick, uh, still not present. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Pimentel. Roll call vote. Commissioner Pimentel. Aye. Aye. Thank you very much. Commissioner, Commissioner Pimentel. Aye. Commissioner Santos. Aye. Commissioner Santos. Aye. Commissioner Fred. Oh, sorry. Yes, Fred. I believe. Commissioner Hutt is still not present. Uh, Commissioner Love, still not present. Commissioner Oyagata. Aye. Commissioner Oyagata, aye. Commissioner Zhu? Aye. Commissioner Zhu, aye. And Commissioner Nguyen? Aye. Commissioner Nguyen, aye. Uh, motion uh, passes without objection. Uh, this is Victor Young, the other assistant clerk. I just want to clarify this is for the approval of the agenda. Yes, approval of the agenda. Did I say minutes? Yes, you did. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to get it. <laughs> All right. I sure will. The minutes passes without, uh, without, without uh, objection. Now we are moving on. Thank you. Um, can you please call item three? Okay, now this item, item number three, is approval of the minutes uh, for March 7th, 2022 meeting. This is the time to look over the minutes from, um, again, the March 7th meeting. As a reminder, the expectation is that we look over these prior to our meeting. Um, is there any public comment on this item of the agenda? Seeing no public comment, public comment is now closed. Is there a motion on this item to approve the minutes? Commissioner Shaw, motion to approve the minutes. Anaka, second. Commissioner Shaw motions to approve the minutes from the March 7th, 2022 meeting, seconded by Commissioner Tanaka. Um, Madam Clerk, can you please take a roll call vote? Um, Commissioner, uh, on that motion to, to approve the uh, March 7th minutes, uh, Commissioner Tanaka. Commissioner Tanaka, aye. Commissioner Aliotta Pierre. Aye. Commissioner Aliotta Pierre, aye. Commissioner Shaw. Aye. Commissioner Shaw, aye. Commissioner Hum. 
Aye. Commissioner Shaham, aye. Commissioner Barker Plummer. Aye. Commissioner Barker Plummer, aye. Commissioner Listana. Aye. Commissioner Listana, aye. Commissioner Zhang. Aye. Commissioner Zhang, aye. Commissioner Foley. Commissioner Foley is still not present. Um, Commissioner Aspa. Aye. Commissioner Aspa, aye. Commissioner Kachibig. Commissioner Kachibig still pre not present. Commissioner Pimentel. Aye. Commissioner Pimentel, aye. Commissioner Santos. Aye. Commissioner Santos, aye. Commissioner Fritt. Fritt still not present. Commissioner Love. Still not present. Commissioner Oyagata. Aye. Oyagata, aye. Commissioner Zhu. Aye. Commissioner Zhu, aye. And Commissioner Nguyen. Aye. Commissioner Nguyen, aye. Motion passes without objection. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Can you please call item four? Item number four is public comment for items not on the agenda. We will be allowing two minutes per public comment. Are there any members of the oh, go ahead? Um, are there any members of the public who wish to share public comment? Um, I can do my whole my whole uh, my whole announcement about public comments, but I'm not seeing any in the queue at this time. Um, so I believe we can close that. Okay. Seeing no public comment, public comment is now closed. Um, Madam Clark, can you please? Hello. Yes. All right. Um, Patel, you're ready for item number five. Is that it? Okay. Um, so item number five um, is the presentations. Five uh, A is a uh, San Francisco Children's and Family Recovery Plan from the Department of Children, yeah, Children, Youth, and Family Staff. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, here we have presenters as DCYF staff. Um, thank you all for making it. If you want to go ahead and introduce yourselves and begin the presentation, um, you have 15 minutes, I believe. Thank you, Chair. I believe our um, Vice Chair Arsima was going to introduce us, but I may be mistaken. Yes, I can introduce you guys. Hi, everyone. Um, so for those on the commission who don't know, Adriana and I, for I think since I want to say like September, October, have been on a joint task force with lots of different members of the community and in city government with um, trying to develop this plan on how the city can heal from this pandemic and fully acknowledging that we're still in this pandemic despite things um, looking good right now. This plan was uh, held over several or these meetings were held over several weeks to uh, create this plan uh, and the data was collected from like very thorough surveying done by uh, both uh, or by Abigail and Jay and R Veronica and our roles on the task force were to provide that youth voice that was so crucial in terms of thinking about how we can uh, heal and move forward. And 
today they are here to sort of present the data that we've discussed and talked about over several weeks in these meetings and also uh, sort of show the final plan that we've uh, created and how I think the mayor's office has passed it and it's an actual plan, right? So it's being implemented throughout City Hall. And I know a big part of it is like getting the word out about it and you know, how can we track its progress and its journey over the next couple of years? Because it's not even like a six month plan. It's something that's here to stay. So there's a lot of work and time and energy put into it by so many different people. And today they're here to give us a really condensed version of what the plan is because it originally was 45 minutes. Um, but it is definitely something I think everyone here, especially if you're planning on staying in the city for the next couple of years should look through because it will have a strong impact on San Francisco as a whole. So, yeah. Thank you, Vice Chair Seema. It's a pleasure to be here. My name is Abigail Stewart Khan. I use she, her pronouns. I'm the special advisor for children and family recovery. I'm delighted to be back with the youth commission. It's been a little while. So nice to see all your boxes. <laughs> um, our, our, uh, the director of DCYF Maria Sue is hoping to join us partway through this presentation, but we're going to just dive right in. Um, so I really want to thank chair Adriana and vice chair Arsima for the invitation to present today. And really more importantly, for the incredible role you played in the development of this plan. Um, I'm joined by colleagues Veronica Chu and Jay Liao, and we will strive to provide a rapid and high-level summary of the process. And then we look forward to your questions and discussion. San Francisco has taken bold and collaborative steps to protect its residents uh, from COVID-19 and all of the ongoing impacts. As a result, we've led the nation in showing what a compassionate, data-driven, and, and caring approach can be for a community, particularly the most vulnerable during a pandemic. And yet, even with all of those efforts, we know that children, young people, and their families have been struggling, pivoting, surviving, um, showing their resilience, and then having to do it all over again. In May of 2021, Mayor Breed asked the Department of Children, Youth and Families to lead the development of a citywide children and family recovery plan with the intention of elevating the voices of youth and families across the city. Mayor Breed directed very clearly that we center the voices of young people and families, and we did just that. And we'll talk a little bit about that today as our SEMA already noted. We went out into community and we heard from families and young people. And it, I, as a, on a personal note, it was an honor and a privilege to be entrusted with that information and that experience uh, from young people and their families. They shared that their recovery needs are significant. They are layered and interconnected. And in order to support the recovery of young people, we need a high functioning system of care and a community that understands and prioritizes the needs of our young people. In developing the plan, we also were able to connect with a broad and collaborative group, including the 18 member task force that Arsima and Adriana sat on, but also experts nationally and locally, community leaders, and really all sorts of folks coming to the table to help us understand what we were hearing from community. In February of 2022, Mayor Breed released her children and family recovery plan and recently highlighted it in her 2022 State of the City address. Jay, I don't know if we can share some slides. I'm not sure what the process is for that. Um, yeah, I've been asking if we can get. Um, yes, is this the presentation that was provided for Children's and Family Recovery Plan? Yes, that's right. Okay. Mr. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead and share it. 
great. And if you could jump to the second slide, that would be great. It's very small on my screen. That could just be that my eyes are tired. Yes, but... My apologies. I'm trying to go full screen right now. Got it. Okay. I just know I, I always want to know what other people are seeing. I'm going to plow ahead to be respectful of the Youth Commission's time, but we'll, we'll, we'll catch up with the slides in a moment. So after looking at local and national data and talking with experts, we took a list of potential recovery needs to young people and families in San Francisco. We asked them about their needs for systems change and about where their gaps were in the systems. And we landed with this set of needs areas. And we essentially structured our process and plan around this. Children, youth, and families remind us consistently that while our systems are established by funding streams and by departments, their lives are not. Children need to be viewed in their whole community, in their family with all their strengths and challenges, and in their own ecosystem. We all, we all need that as humans. And that their, layer, that their needs for recovery aren't complex and interconnected. Next slide, slide, please. The plan was created to serve all children and families in their recovery needs. And all young people have lived through and are living through incredibly challenging and complex times. We're crystal clear, however, that while we've all been living through the pandemic, the pandemic has not affected all young people and families equally. Rather, the pandemic has laid bare existing inequities in our community. To begin to address this, we have centered building equity as in each stage of the process. So at the beginning, when we talk about talking to children, youth, and families, we're not talking to all children, youth, and families. We're talking to these special populations and uh, of the most vulnerable, the most impacted by the pandemic. And then at each stage of strategy development, we looked at what were recommendations that would serve all young people and their families and which ones would we need and want to advance to particularly focus on special populations. So we tried to keep both in balance with a laser focus on equity. Next slide, please. And thank you for making it bigger. So here was our timeline, which um, Vice Chair Arsima touched on. We started planning um, typically processes like this at the sort of scope and scale could be a two to three year city planning process, but we know that, that the need is urgent. So we moved incredibly rapidly. Um, to, to get to where we are now. Uh, we began planning in July and September through September. We spent time in community listening to young people and that continued through the fall. And then we kicked off the task force that your colleagues were a part of. And we worked through the plan rapidly through September to December and have now produced the plan and are moving to implementation. And we'll talk about that in the next steps. I'm gonna pass it to Veronica for the next slide. Thanks, Abigail. Um, yeah, if we could move to the next slide, I can just start talking about it. So one thing that we're really proud of is that the recovery plan was able to utilize data that was collected from thousands of children, youth, and families in San Francisco throughout a different variety of a variety of different mediums, um, ranging from surveys to focus groups to intercept interviews. Uh, as Abigail mentioned, many of these engagements were focused on DCYF's target populations, whom we've identified as some of the most vulnerable and experiencing the greatest impacts from the result from a result of the pandemic. Um, there was a very wide array of engagements, as you can see listed on here. There's some stats, but um, 
you know, more specifically, I can provide some examples. Um, we were able to conduct intercept interviews at events like um, a powwow hosted by the Friendship House um, to hear specifically from Native American families. Uh, we partnered with UCSF and the Department of Public Health um, to attend their pregnancy pop-up events for families in the Bayview. Uh, we were able to collect surveys from both youth and um, parents and caregivers at uh, different backpack giveaway events hosted by the mayor's office. Um, at public housing residents in the Western Edition. And we also worked with a ton of different community-based organizations to arrange focus groups with some of those target populations, um, including parents of children with disabilities, um, families that are living in SROs, um, LGBTQ youth, and those experiencing homelessness. Next slide, please. Um, so we received really an overwhelming amount of qualitative data um, that the DCYF team was able to process, code, and analyze. Some uh, examples of the thousands of input that we received and combed through for the recovery plan are listed on this slide. Um, I'm not going to read through the quotes, but feel free to peruse them. Um, you can see that we were hearing from young people and parents um, that concerns ranged um, from a lack of um, basic needs and resources like food and childcare uh, to really having to deal with confusing and stressful bureaucratic systems um, that get in the way of families getting what they need. Um, and then also uh, lots of young people talked about the need for mental health services for youth. Next slide. Um, and then finally, this was mentioned um, by Vice Chair, but um, the recovery plan team spent many, many hours uh, speaking with experts in the field um, in order to design this plan. Uh, so there were hundreds or over, over 100 hours of stakeholder input meetings. Um, the task force convened uh, over 13 times, um, and there were over 500 different stakeholders, um, including city partners, community leaders, and experts that were involved in contributing to the design of this recovery plan. And I'll pass it over to Jay. So next slide, please. And so just transitioning into the um, contents of the plan or the recommendations of the plan, uh, we categorized. Interrupt, Jay. For me, it's hard to hear you. Oh, okay. Um, your mic is on instead. You're just talking. Maybe it's just sort of muted a little bit. Quiet. Let's see if I can. Does it sound better? Yes, no. Yes. There you go. That's better. Thank you. Uh, oh, it looks like he's having uh, maybe some bandwidth problems. Are you able to hear us? 
If not, I will continue with the presentation until you can get back on. Okay, I'll keep going. Apologies for all the technical difficulties. Looking forward to being in person. <laughs> so um, what we wanted to share at a very high level today, we won't be able to go into the recommendations that come directly from the voices of children and families in any kind of depth, but we shared with you all in advance, both the plan itself, the website, and also some informational videos that help to provide a deeper brief on the plan. The plan itself, is in nine categories related to the needs that we've been talking about. And it includes all of the analysis. So all of the sort of summaries and quotes that lift up the voices of children and families that Veronica talked about. It also identifies existing work streams. There's a lot of amazing work already underway across the city and community to help children and families recover. And part of what we unpack during the recovery plan is that often that work is um, not known to the people who need it the most. And so one of the strategy areas and also the plan itself tries to start to frame some of those things and show ourselves and community everything that's going on. And we need to do a better job getting information out to young people, children, and their, and their parents about how to access things that are available. And then we also crosswalk existing work streams and focus on, and there's an analysis of which streams, which recommendations we feel would best build equity. Next slide, please. Jay, let me know if you end up popping back in and I'll happily pass this back to you. I'm so, back. Um, are you there? Can you yes, can you hear me okay? Yes, you wanna take back over? Sure. Um, so it looks like we are walking into the recommendations now. Um, We've got a lot of recommendations to get through, so I won't read through all of this, but um, I will highlight a few specific things and walk through the, the high-level strategies. Um, uh, I'll go through uh, a little more detail the access navigation systems change. As um, Veronica mentioned, this came up a lot about uh, parents having issues navigating our systems, and if we can't you know fix the system we will just be expanding programs into a flawed system so uh, there was a lot of emphasis around this this category and the strategy in the task force and um, it really begins with three uh we had one stakeholder put it this way to us improving systems delivery improving systems coordination and reaching communities and building trust it's almost like improving system delivery is healing your workforce first and improving systems is healing the system, and then finally healing the community uh, once you have this coordinated system and the healed, healed workforce. So improving systems delivery, um, one of the things that came up uh, a lot was that um, parents found that sometimes the quality of service was inconsistent or that uh, uh, providers weren't trained in, in certain special needs. And so the focus here is around stabilizing that workforce. So that includes uh, we, what we when we looked into the quality of service issues, a lot of that had to do with issues around hiring and retention and really kind of the, the wage levels of our providers. And so stabilizing the workforce is really about raising wages and benefits for our providers, uh, standardizing workforce training and particularly around special needs. Uh, improving systems coordination, um, I'll focus a little bit on the continuum of care, and this is really about streamlining funding and services from birth to TEA um, and requiring one city plan across departments. And then reaching communities and building trusts was a, a big 
piece of uh, a big topic for the task force. And um, there's two aspects to it. One is a city uh, department messaging coordination. And the second part is empowering the communities with that information, finding trusted partners, trusted messengers, as well as reaching people that reach people. And so these could be folks like pediatricians, um, teachers in terms of getting awareness of program and services or destigmatizing the utilization of government services. Uh, the next needs category safety and healing. Uh, this is broken out into response and prevention and healing. Uh, and a response is really about the promote, promoting the ability of families to feel safe in their communities and preventing and healing is really about encouraging neighborhood cohesion, healing and belonging. Uh, so under response, uh, I'll focus a little bit under, for safety and healing around some of our MTA focused approaches or recommendations. So under response, we have uh, recommendations around safe passage, slow streets, safe routes to schools and community ambassadors. And then for prevention and healing, um, uh, expanding play streets to create um, better physical spaces. Uh, for physical health and mental health, uh, the task force looked at these categories and provided recommendations under universal health, non-specialty needs, and specialty needs. And with universal health, uh, it's really focused around recommendations on health promotion and addressing risk factors before there's a need to enter a health system. Uh, so uh, for physical health, an example of recommendations would be expanding uh, physical fitness, sports and programs that access movement in nature. Um, for mental health, um, what we found was that uh, sometimes youth didn't need a therapist or a counselor. What they just needed was a caring adult or a mentor. And so recruiting more caring adults and mentors. Uh, under non-specialty health needs, uh, this is really uh, talking about controlling those risk factors and screenings and early interventions. So uh, this category of recommendations typically serve in health systems by systems like Kaiser. Um, an example of recommendations uh, for physical health would be catch up for well child visits and STD screens or STI screens. Uh, a lot of these uh, well child visits and screens uh, fell off during the pandemic and there needs to be a catch up of, of, of these uh, visits. Uh, under mental health for non-specialty health needs, uh, better access to counseling therapy services. And so this is a next level of acuity, not just needing a caring adult or mentor, but needing that um, therapist or counselor. Um, for specialty health needs, this is for folks with really acute care needs, and these populations are typically served, not exclusively, but typically served by the system through DPH. Um, an example for specialty health need recommendation would be expanding obesity treatment programs um, under mental health. This would be uh, include expanding um, specialized services. Um, and so that could include, um, you know, more beds for adolescent with acute, adolescents with acute psychiatric needs. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, concrete needs uh, was a large one. Um, we defined this as housing uh, security, food security, and financial security. Um, so an example of housing security, uh, while we did uh, talk a bit about homelessness and adopted um, the homelessness recovery plan, um, some of the additional uh, items under recommendation here 
one included housing vouchers for emancipating foster youth, uh, as an example. Uh, for food security, um, during the pandemic, uh, a lot of our food programs were expanded, um, but a lot of those expansions are expiring um, as the pandemic is, um, uh, well, a lot of those programs are expiring and uh, we're finding that the need still exists. And so a lot of the recommendation here is around um, sustaining that expansion of those food programs. Uh, under financial uh, assistance and employment, uh, one example of a recommendation here um, that's gaining steam is guaranteed income, um, particularly for uh, TEA parents, and then also uh, guaranteed income for uh, zero to three uh, families in need of childcare. Uh, under family support, um, a lot of this was around program expansion as well as information coordination improvement. Um, and what we're really talking about is uh, expanding the need for support around uh, multi-generational family support programming. Um, so that was kind of the main uh, recommendation around this area. Under childcare, uh, we have three strategies. One is expanding childcare, one is sharing access to childcare, and the last is increasing stability of quality and coordination. Um, so, uh, Expanding child care, expanding hours of availability of child care, uh, ensuring access to child care. Um, we, uh, I talked a little bit earlier in concrete needs, but uh, one recommendation under here is the guaranteed income for zero to three families in need of child care. And then uh, training um, in the last, uh, increasing the stability, quality, and coordination. Uh, so one recommendation here is training for special needs. And also, uh, educational programs expand the race, ethnic, and cultural backgrounds of the educators. Uh, next slide. Um, our last two categories here, unfinished learning and expanded learning. Uh, unfinished learning is focused around out-of-school time and after-school programs, as well as training capacity building for specialized needs. And so, a lot of this is around expansion of uh, existing programs, particularly for out-of-school time, like uh, DC Wives Tutoring Pilot, Libraries, Brain Fuse, and Fog Readers. Um, and then under new expanded learning, there's two aspects to this. One is increasing the effective usage of technology and increasing opportunities for civic engagement. And so uh, for technology, it's around uh, digital safety training, creating a response strategy, and under civic engagement is expanding funding for those civic engagement programs, paying youth for their participation, um, and standardizing civic engagement and leadership programming. Um, and I will pass it back to Abigail. That was a whirlwind tour through Thank all you. the regulations. We're almost done here. So I just want to acknowledge that there's an enormous amount of jargon in this presentation. I'm so really happy to answer any questions uh, that the Youth Commission or the public has about anything that we're sharing, but also um, provide the tools to kind of go deeper after this presentation. So next slide, please. We really just want to acknowledge um, and thank again uh, uh, Chair and Vice Chair of the Youth Commission, who happened to also be our Youth Voice representatives on the Recovery Plan Task Force. Here you can see them in the last meeting uh, with Mayor Breed as they're talking about their experience in the process. Also, really wanting to thank the Mayor for her leadership, the members of the board who um, who provided input and also brought us to their communities and forums um, to make sure we were lifting up all of the voices across the city. Next slide, please. 
This next slide includes um, voices of different stakeholder groups that we talked to, many, most local, but some national experts. And the next slide, please. And this final slide looks at all of the city folks who got involved um, while managing the pandemic um, and trying to hold down their jobs, also really got involved and enthusiastic about trying to plan for children, youth, and families recovery with special thanks to the team at the Department of Children, Youth, and Families for being the backbone here. And the final slide, so we're moving from a planning phase to an implementation phase. Um, and the current focus on how we do that, we need to blaze a new trail because we've never had a citywide plan um, for all children's needs, at, certainly not for recovery from a pandemic. So we're starting with three approaches. One is um, community understanding, education, and adoption of the plan through forums like this. So thank you again for inviting us to help us get the word out. And we're enthusiastic to share these materials and conversations with, with stakeholder groups and young people who want to talk to us. The second piece of work is aligning on where do we start the phase one of this. This plan could be overwhelming and therefore we could do nothing. And that's unacceptable given what we know from children, youth and families and what their urgent needs are. And so we're spending some time with city and community partners to say of these 100 recommendations, where do we begin looking at that so that there's something for kids and young people across all the ages so that there's a balance of systems change and strategic expansions. And finally, we're giving some thought to how we develop the backbone, the facilitation capacity to move this collaborative work forward. DCOF was tapped to be the backbone to develop this plan, and we've really obtained that milestone. But the implementation coordination will take time, skill, and resource. And so we're working to determine the best approach to make sure that that resource is still there to make sure we can implement um, what children, youth, and families have been telling us they need. Thank you. Thank you so much to Abigail and the DCYF team um, and the recovery team for this presentation. Um, commissioners, if there are any questions, um, feel free to either unmute or put your name into the chat and I can call. Um, yeah, just one quick question from me. Is there a specific ask that you are here to have the commission um, do, or if there's a specific action item that we can help with? Oh, thank you for that. I mean, I would, I would defer to you all on how you want to operate. Certainly it would be helpful for us to hear your feedback, thoughts and questions about implementation. And then if you are as a youth commission supportive to, to get that vote of support, um, as we work towards fundraising strategies and advocacy strategies to get this really ambitious plan moving, um, knowing that the Youth Commission is supportive of the approaches will carry weight with various key stakeholders. But before we get there, certainly wanting to open up and have deeper conversation about what's in the plan. Thank you for the clarification. So, yeah, if anyone has questions or comments about um, the implementation of the plan, feel free. Karen Jang, can I? Um, yes. Thank you for the work that you all have done on this. I'm wondering um, 
you know, you said that this is sort of the condensed version of your presentation. How are you planning to sort of inform the public who often don't even have 15 minutes to uh, learn about this plan and learn about the uh, programs implemented in it? How are you planning and what strategies do you have to get the word out? For the chair, um, that's an excellent question. And um, it's like so right on. <laughs> Because, oh, and now we're joined by Director Sue. Hi, Maria, welcome. We're just answering questions from the Youth Commission. Um, so, so part of what we heard from community, which is not new to us, but was really crystal and loud was, you know, we'd be hearing from our city partners, oh, we've got all these resources available, let's take for eviction prevention or to pay back rent. And then we'd be talking to community and they'd be saying, we're all about to get evicted. We don't know where to go for help. And so the, the, the lack of penetration of what's available into community was incredibly stark. And so that's been something that was before the pandemic, but it, it is exacerbated by the pandemic because so many, for several reasons. One, so many policies have changed um, in a good way a lot of the time, but it's difficult for people for case managers, navigators, who families often rely on for this information to keep up to date on all the information. Also, families are just under more weight to navigate everything. And so finding resources and information is really difficult. Often, I would say, as a city and a community, we invest in expanding the slots for things um, and not simultaneously expanding the infrastructure needed to communicate to keep the barriers low and to get information out there about how to access it. So there's this one quote that sticks with me from a young person that says, it's almost like you need to know someone to get what you need in this town. And that is the opposite of what our community should be doing and what we all are striving for. So to answer your question, it's rare that you see systems change and sort of increases in resources requested for communication specifically. The city does not often invest sufficiently in that. What we saw during the pandemic, however, is that when we invested in the coordination of public health messaging, and when we worked with community and trusted partners to get that out there, sometimes going block to block, helping people to get their questions answered about testing or about vaccination, we really could get the word out. So the solution is to do something similar for children and family recovery, to actually invest in the coordination of what's available and messages around what's available, and then invest with community to get the message out there. It's, it's like almost like a recovery strategy unto itself is to communicate about what's available for recovery, if that makes sense. Thank you. Thanks for the question. Commissioners, are there any further questions? I have a question. Um, thank you again, kind of tying off of what Ewan was saying. Thank you so much for presenting this. Um, my question was over the recommendation of mental health. Um, I saw how you guys mentioned 
um, how there would be a recommendation of more access to um, mental health services. And so I was curious of how that would be implemented. Um, would that be implemented through, say, for instance, SFUSD, or um, would there be special programs in place? How would, what would that look like? Yeah, uh, great, great question as well. So in a very high level summary, to be respectful of your time, the the bullets that you see in the summary here, each one is doing a lot of work, as Jay likes to say. So underneath that are a series of initiatives and ideas. Um, this particular plan stays focused on the coordination of city services. And then we have a partner plan called SF Rise that's working on similar implementation within SFUSD. In reality, they need to work together. They're two parts of the same whole. So yes, um, strategic expansion and support for SFUSD programs, wellness programs, expansions there to provide more social emotional support and more mental health support at schools is part of this plan. Additionally, within our summer programming or within the after school programming provided by the city or in the zero to five programming, the childcare that is funded by the city, there's some strategic recommendations and expansions about resources for mental health programs that already exist, like um, uh, mental health consultation, which is a model that works really well uh, for service providers in the zero to five childcare world but expanding those things um, to, to get to scale because the scale of the need is pretty profound for mental health. The final thing I'll say is that our colleagues at the Department of Public Health really remind us that they are one part of the health system. And so we're really gonna be looking to other healthcare providers who, you know, San Francisco is an amazingly highly insured place. Not everybody, but close. And so we need all of our health providers to come to the table and also provide resources in this area. And there's several pieces of legislation we're tracking at the state level that would help to encourage that collaboration. I hope that answers your question. It does, thank you. While you're thinking about any other questions, I know in the materials uh, we provided the website and the videos for sort of to get deeper to um, to one of the commissioner's point, like it's hard to even understand this plan in 15 minutes. So if people are want to be super interested and dive deep, you can find more information um, at www.dcyf.org backslash recovery. And those materials are in um, the packet for the youth commission as well. But I want to make sure any members of the public um, are noting that as well. Um, I have two questions. So the first was, um, I saw that in your plan, you guys said you would invest in opportunities for youth civic engagement and leadership learning. Um, I was wondering what you meant by invest and like, what are specific examples of how you would increase these opportunities? That's an awesome question, um, Commissioner. So we heard, we heard from the two young people on the, on our task force, but, but beyond that, we heard from young people in the community that this pandemic has been an eye-opening experience about um, the ways in which their lives are affected without their control, if I can put it that way. And so wanting to become more empowered and skilled at getting civically involved. So for youth commissioners, you all have you have a space for that and you're already living that value and that vision by being youth commissioners and, and speaking on behalf of your community, which 
I really applaud you for. And, and many of your peers want something similar. They don't all want to sit on the Youth Commission necessarily. They can't all. So one idea, um, if resources were available and we have to go get these resources, is to support our community-based organizations who do a lot of after-school programming and other programming to do project-based work. So letting Youth Voice guide how you get involved with your super hyper-local community, building your skills for advocacy, um, so that when opportunities like the Youth Commission or speaking at a public hearing on behalf of your community, um, in order to get the decisions and the policies you want, those skills are available and, and sort of natural to the young people involved. So really working with our community-based organizations, many of which really already do this programming, but some have shared they don't feel confident in this area, to provide that technical assistance and capacity building so that they can provide that to the young people. Got it. Yeah, that mostly answers my question. I'm um, I definitely agree with like increasing these opportunities, but I'm more curious, like, how would you make them feel more confident in doing the work that they already do? Like, how would you help them in enhance like their mission and like what they already have? The young people, the young person or the community based organization. Oh, the community based organizations who are doing the work. Yeah, and I, I can pass this to Maria, but DCYF has a very strong technical assistance and capacity building team, small, but mighty um, that focuses that really listens to our community based partners and provides training in in series of ways. Some of those trainings are like financial bookkeeping communications, working on grants. At the moment, we're very focused on working on expanding people's confidence and ability and knowledge around working with families with learning differences and disabilities. And so this could be taken up in a similar way, bringing in experts, creating curriculum, which is then provided through trainings and series of trainings to our community based organizations, almost as part of like a, a package of what you get by partnering with DCYF, you get this additional training. Maria, please re redirect me if I have that wrong. Yeah, that's that's absolutely co correct. Um, good afternoon, good almost evening, uh, commissioners. Uh, Maria Sue, director of the Department of Children, Youth, and Their Families. I apologize for joining late. I was actually in a meeting with some community members just now. Um, so through the chair, I just want to answer Commissioner uh, Wing's question. Um, you know, one one example of us empowering CBOs to work with young people um, is to train CBOs up to support young people to be on their boards. Um, President Walton very recently passed a resolution that asked DCYF to require that all of our nonprofit agencies have young people on their boards to help guide and inform the nonprofit agencies as they build programs. Now, we all know just plopping a young person into a board doesn't really meet the intent of President Walton. What he's really talking about is fully engaging a young person in, the, in, that, in, those, in those meetings, in those really key decision-making processes. Um, so this particular recommendation leads to us supporting CBOs who, well, are now required to do this, but helping them get to that place of really fully embracing and engaging our young person, uh, young people onto their boards and not just tokenize them. 
Got it. That makes total sense. Um, and my second question was, I know that there are um, a lot of recommendations on this list and um, I got kind of lost, honestly, but my question was like, how will you make sure that um, all of these get carried out? Like, how will you work with other organizations and other partners to ensure that everyone has a role and like everyone knows what they're doing in this process? Yeah, that's um, spot on. Um, and I, I tried to touch on it very briefly at the end of our presentation. So we're, we are just now moving from producing the plan to figuring out how to implement it and being incredibly candid. We don't, we don't have all the answers, but we also didn't know exactly how to write a children and family recovery plan and with community and with really good advice, we figured that out in a way that created a plan that most folks are feeling really good about and enthusiastic. So what we're doing to tackle these next steps is first community understanding education adoption because it's a long-term plan and so we want people to see it understand it think about how their work connects to it how they can strategically align to it and my favorite kind of email is like hey i have an idea of something we're working on that if we pivoted it just a little bit like this it would really help speak to that what your young people are telling you so those kinds of organic things are really helpful. We're also working to develop what is phase one of this plan. So of the 100 recommendations, where do we start? And frankly, I love every recommendation in this plan and would be fine starting with almost all of them. But if we try to tackle all of them, I suspect we will do none of them. And so really trying to pare down what, what is either most urgent or most implementable in a short period of time and starting there. So that's the second thing we're working on. And the third thing we're working on is exactly what you're speaking to. How do we ensure this happens? So we know that any broad plan with multiple partners, in this case, hundreds of different agencies involved, will need some kind of facilitation and backbone support. And DCYF is you know, that is aligned to our mission to be in that collaborative space. And we would need to be resourced and figure out our own internal resources to continue to support that. So if we wanna make sure this plan stays off the shelf and starts getting implemented, we want to ensure that DCYF is in a position to, to do that work. Am I being clear enough? Yes, no, yeah, thank you. All of your answers make total sense. And thank you for your work. Um, and this presentation was super helpful. While we're seeing if there's just any more final questions, I just really want to underscore again the value that um, chair, the chair and vice chair Adriana and Arsima added to this. I, I know it's the third time I'm saying it, but there would be these moments where these really complex topics would be kind of blowing out of control within the task force and we would turn to them or they would insert their voice and really help us to focus and understand what young people were telling us and what it was like on the ground. Um, and so just to Maria's point about youth, young people being present and having their voice heard, whether it's at a, at a board of a nonprofit on this task force at the Youth Commission, um, 
we're just huge believers in that and, and grateful. It was a quite, it was a significant time commitment for Adriana and Arsima, and they represented young people incredibly well. So just wanted to thank them again. Can I also jump in to thank them as well? Um, uh, I, I also want to just thank Chair um, um, Adriana and uh, Vice Chair Arsima um, just for your leadership. You've uh, the number of times I've heard the adults saying, oh, my God, that was so brilliant. That was such a brilliant thought. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was so, you know, uh, 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 just such an appropriate um, statement to make or like the perfect time to interject things. Um, I just I just want to say thank you so much. Both of you um, definitely showed tremendous leadership and and of course, brilliance. Um, on on the body, and um, I'm just very grateful that you were able to fully participate in the way that you did, and to really lead. And um, as fierce young women, uh, I feel very very proud that we have um, amazing young women um, who are going to lead not only this process, but um, potential other big things in this in the city. So just thank you so much. Um, and with that, I actually do apologize. I do have to run, um, but uh, you are still in good hands with Abigail and Jay, and I think Veronica is still on. Thank you. Thank you, Maria. Thank you so much, um, both for your kind words and for the presentation. Are there any commissioners who um, have anything else they would like to add or ask before we move on to motions? Okay, um, I'm not hearing anything, but if there is, um, please feel free to put it into the chat or let me know. Um, before we take any motions, I will ask if there is any public comment on this item. Um, this is Victor Young, um, assistant clerk. I'd just like to caution anybody from using the chat as this is a public meeting. And if the public can't see it, it's, um, it's not very good. So please avoid using the chat and just speak up during the meeting. We do have 1 person who called in. We're not sure if they're a member of the public. Or if they are a member who is trying to call in, you press star 6 to unmute yourself at this time. And I believe we had someone who was trying to speak during public comment and it's at your discretion if you'd like to go back to general public comment and allow them to speak. Yes, um, I would be open to going back to general public comment. So, maybe we can finish a public comment on this item and then we can go back to that. Um, yeah, that would be I great. believe I may have the, uh ability to unmute the person who is calling. Um, I'm going to unmute them now and see if they are a public commenter or if they are potentially a commissioner trying to get in. Uh, one moment, please. If you are the person on the phone, I'm about to unmute you, okay? Um, hello, caller. Are you here to make public comment on this item? Hello? Hi. No, you are able to hear me. Uh, no, I'm, I want to comment on the next item. Okay. All right. We will, we will keep you in the, um, in the queue for the next following item. Thank you. Yeah. And I'll just 
uh, raise my hand for the items I want to speak on. Is, is it star three? Yes. Okay, great. Thank you so much. No problem. Alrighty, I believe um, we did have one person, um, uh, Patel, uh, wanted to speak during public comment um, and their microphone did not work. Are you able to speak at this time? I hope so. Can you hear me? Awesome, perfect. Uh, thank you so much for allowing me this time. Um, so let's start off with my name is Mayank Patel. I'm from the San Francisco Department of Elections. And just like how you heard, um, I wanted to share another opportunity for not only you guys, but your representatives or um, students in San Francisco to get involved with elections. And so, as you may have heard, this year has been a crazy year with elections. We had four, or we will have four. So, the second one is coming up on April 19th, um, which is a smaller one, but uh, we have a big election coming up on June 7th, 2022. And I wanted to share two opportunities for you guys to get involved. So the first one is our high school ambassador program. So the Secretary of State um, has decided every year, uh, every spring and every fall to dedicate two weeks to voter education weeks. So the last two weeks of April are voter education weeks. And so for San Francisco, we created the high school ambassador program. What this means is basically um, we recruit ambassadors from schools um, to get the message of registering to vote and how they can get involved with elections out to their school. Um, of course, we want to get as many people as possible, you know, register to vote and get involved young. Um, you guys are a perfect example of that. So um, I think this is a great opportunity that could be shared with everyone. Um, and Sadly, the ambassador program is not a funded uh, program in terms of there's no stipend reward, um, but we do uh, provide a certificate from the mayor's office. Um, doesn't mean much to you guys, of course. You guys are well ahead of that, um, but good community service, good way to get involved. Um, so I can share the link to that in the chat um, and you guys can check it out. But the other program that I really want to share, which is our high school poll worker program, um, has any of you have any of you guys served as a poll worker in previous elections? Yes, I see some nods. <laughs> um, so definitely, as you know, so the department's recruiting high school student poll workers to serve at polling places across San Francisco. You want to notify if you are over time, but I will let you wrap up real fast. Okay. okay? <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, so poll workers basically assist voters on election day, June 7th. Um, they gain 15 uh, hours of community service and they also earn a stipend of uh, up to $200. So between 180 and $200, um, it's tax free. That's how I got involved with the department. Um, you know, I'm sure school's already out by then, but it was a nice way to get some money ready for the summer break. So. The website is sfelections.org slash student, and I will also share this link on the chat. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Pizzell, for your public comment. Um, Madam Clerk, I believe we can move back 
to item five now? Yes, we can okay. uh, close public comment again. And um, I believe we are done with public comment for 5A at this time. Um, so we can make a motion if uh, any, any of the commissioners are ready. Thank you. So to commissioners, um, this is just a reminder that we are now back to the um, DCYF and Children and Families Recovery Plan. Um, if any of you commissioners have a motion um, or, yeah, a motion of support or not support for this recovery plan, um, please do so now. Commissioner Wynn, motion to support. Santo, second. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Wynn, motions to support the San Francisco Children and Families Recovery Plan, seconded by Commissioner Santos. Staff, can you please take a roll call vote? Okay, thank you for that. Um, on the on that motion to support, um, made by Nguyen, seconded by Santos. Uh, Commissioner Tanaka. Aye. Commissioner Tanaka, aye. Commissioner Alioto Pier. Aye. Commissioner Alioto Pier, aye. Commissioner Shaw. Aye. Commissioner Shaw, aye. Commissioner Hum. Aye. Commissioner Shamhai. Um, hum, hi. I'm going to get all tongue twisted today. Um, Commissioner Barker Plummer. Aye. Commissioner Barker Plummer, aye. Commissioner Lestana. Aye. Commissioner Lestana, aye. Commissioner Zhang. Aye. Commissioner Zhang, aye. Um, and I did note that Commissioner Foley, uh, I believe, it, or is still. Um, oh, wait, no, Commissioner Fred, I saw come in. Sorry. I apologize. Commissioner Foley, um, I believe, is still absent are still not present. Um, Commissioner Asfa? Aye. Commissioner Asfa, aye. Uh, Commissioner Katubik? Katubik is still uh, not present. Commissioner uh, Pimentel? Commissioner Pimentel? Are you still here? Can I say that again? Sorry. Um, Sorry, uh, we are uh, approving the motion to uh, support. Um, just I or nay, uh, Commissioner. Uh, aye. Aye. Okay. Commissioner Pimentel, aye. Commissioner Santos. Aye. Commissioner Santos, aye. And Commissioner Fret, I believe you are here now. Yes. Hello. Hi. Um, um, do you approve the the motion to? Uh, support this item. I do. I. I. Okay. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner Fred. I. Um, Commissioner Love. Commissioner Love still uh, not present. Commissioner Oyagata. I. Commissioner Oyagata. I. Commissioner Zhu. I. Commissioner Zhu. I. And Commissioner Wynn. I. Commissioner Nguyen, aye. Uh, motion passes. Thank you. 
Thank you, Madam Clerk. This item passes um, and thank you again to the DCYF staff for your presentation and for answering all of our questions. All right. So much for um, having us and for the support. If, there, if there's anything else we can provide, please let us know. We'll sign off. Thank you. Thank you. Madam Clerk, can you please call item six? Item six is um, the youth commission business. Uh, item six A is the uh, resolution number XXAL2122. That's the Golden State Golden Gate Park Access and Safety Program. Um, commissioners, so today we have commissioners Barker, Plummer, and Wynn um, presenting the resolution, the first reading of this resolution, um, and I will pass it to them to introduce it. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Wynn is also here. Okay. I can't see everyone on my screen, but if she's here, I. I'm good. Um, we are just introducing this resolution. We're hopefully, Chair Zhang, we're going to pass it on a first reading um, because the Board of Supervisors will be, um, well, they can take action on this as soon as April, uh, although we're not quite sure when in April or if after that it will be. Um, so the resolution just does a few things. It one has a support formally the proposal that SF Rec and Park has brought forward for Coffee JFK. I believe in the last Youth Commission term they voted to support Coffee JFK and Coffee Great Highway, but um, this is just us specifically supporting the most recent uh, uh, proposal from Rec and Park. Um, and then it also has us send a letter to the Board of Supervisors um, on behalf of the Youth Commission in support as well. Um, Commissioner Wen, do you have anything to add to that? No, that sounds good, but I would just clarify that um, the resolution supports the Golden Gate Park Access and Safety Program, and it started off with um, a stakeholder group which was made by the SFCTA and then Rec and Park and the MTA built off the work of that work group to make this plan. And then um, we'll go over it during the resolution, but just a clarification because um, it can be a little confusing since there's so many different agencies involved. Yeah, and I would um, add that the plan can be seen on, S I think it's SF Rec and Park's website that it's hosted on. I think it's, yeah, it, yeah, it's on the Rec and Park one. Okay. Um, so, and if you, and as we go through it, we will, um, I mean, we'll read it out because we need to read it into the record is my understanding. And then if we can take questions after that on pieces of it, or is that how this works, Adriana? Yes. If Either of you are able to share your screen of the resolution. That would be very helpful. Um, if not, Victor, if you have access to um, the resolution, if you were able to share your screen, that would also be really helpful. Uh, I do not have it uh, myself, but uh, who would like to share their screen? 
I will give you access to share. I can share my screen. Okay, give me one moment. You should be able to share at this point. Yes, it works. Wait. Hold on, I have to allow access to my settings. Um, I do have it up if if it's faster. Okay, yeah, you can go ahead then. Okay, let me pull this screen. And then Adriana, as we read it, should we read the letter as well? And if so, should we do it before or after? Um, if you want to read the letter before, that would be helpful context. Yeah. Second. There we go. Okay, can you guys see it? Personally, I see a black screen, but Okay. I don't know if it's just my me. Let me see. Stop sharing. I'm not sure if it's necessary, but I believe that um oh no, never mind. Do you see it? No, uh I was talking about the presenter mode, but uh, it appears you are listed as, as the presenter. Okay. We do see it in a small format. Okay. Still, this do you have it now? Yes, uh, you see it, but uh, it's in a it's in a small screen format. Hmm. And I believe if you click the plus button next to the hundred percent, you will be able to. There you go. Yeah. Good. Yes, thank you for sharing your screen. Okay. Commissioners, yeah, commissioners Wen and um, Barker Plumber, feel free to take it up. Wait, before we start, um, I'm frozen, but can you hear me still? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. 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 Are you good to go, Commissioner Wynn? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. You can start. Uh, Stanford School Board of Supervisors, 1 Carlton B. Goodlett Place, City Hall, room 244, San Francisco, California, 94102-4689. We, JFK Drive, support MTA and RDP's Golden Gate Park Access and Safety Program proposal. Members of the Board of Supervisors, in May 2021, 
the San Francisco Youth Commission approved resolution number 2021-AL-12, John F. Kennedy Drive and Great Highway, permanent closures to cause, advocating for an equitable plan to support the long-term closure of John F. Kennedy Drive and Great Highway to cause. Since then, the Recreation and Parks Department, RPD, and San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency, SFMTA, have conducted a robust community-centered outreach and engagement program to determine the future of John F. Kennedy Drive in Golden Gate Park. On March 10th of 2022, their, re their recommendations titled Golden Gate Park Access and Safety Program Proposal for John F. Kennedy Drive were presented at a joint informational hearing of the Recreation and Park Commission and the SFMTA Board of Directors. The Golden Gate Park Safety and Access Program proposed John F. Kennedy Drive and other streets to be closed to cars while allowing access for emergency vehicle use, paratransit use, and de Young Museum deliveries. To address equity concerns by implementing the 29 Sunset Improvement Project, which would start in spring of 2022, restoring the SFMTA 21 Hayes service to Stanion Street in summer 2022, Music Concourse Garage flexible pricing to reduce parking prices and museums for all extension of parking, and providing free admission to Golden Gate Park museums and attractions. To address accessibility concerns by creating 20 new ADA compliant blue zone parking spaces behind the music concourse bandshell, construction, including surface regrading, curb ramps, and path of travel upgrades, and immediate fixes to park shuttle operations and routing, including more service. To address mobility concerns by implementing easy drop-off and pick-up at the music concourse, clear maps and driving instructions, new bike share systems, and a separate promenade space on Middle Drive. To attain 83% of parking and 80% of roadways while creating three miles of car-free streets, creating a direct connection between the Panhandle and Ocean Beach. The Youth Commission commends the work that the San Francisco County Transportation Authority's Golden Gate Park Stakeholder Working Group the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency and the Recreation and Parks Department have done to create the Golden Gate Park Access and Safety Program. The Youth Commission supports this program proposal for our city's largest park. Sincerely, it will be signed by Commissioner Zhang on behalf of the Youth Commission. Um, and then copies will also be sent to Mayor Breed, Board of Supervisors Clerk Angela Calvillo, the Recreation and Parks Commission, and the Municipal Transportation Agency Board. And then Commissioner, when do you? Yeah, I, ha I have the, um, the resolution ready. Um, Jessica, could you share that again? Are you able to see it? No, I still see the bottom of the letter, but I don't know if that's my screen being slow. Okay. I think it's after the letter on the same. Oh, okay. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Okay. Oh, let me make that bigger again. Sorry, I didn't mean to. There we go. All good. Thank you. Um, so the resolution is titled Golden Gate Park Access and Safety Program Support. 
resolution urging the Board of Supervisors to support and implement the Recreation and Parks Department and Municipal Transportation Agency's Golden Gate Park Access and Safety Program proposal for JFK Drive. Whereas the San Francisco County Transportation Authority, SFCTA, convened the Golden Gate Park Shareholder Working Group in the winter of 2020 and Whereas the Golden Gate Park Stakeholder Working Group developed a report on Golden Gate Park's needs and an action framework in the summer of 2021 and Whereas the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency, SFMTA, and the Recreation and Parks Department, RPD, collaborated and built off of findings off of the findings of the Golden Gate Park Shareholder Working Group to conduct necessary outreach, identify regulatory approvals, and provide solutions and develop the Golden Gate Park Access and Safety Program for the summer of 2021 to the winter of 2021 and. Whereas a robust community-centered approach, I mean outreach and engagement process on JFK Drive has been implemented in the Golden Gate Park Access and Safety Program, taking input from approximately 8,795 community members with 6,156 6, people reporting that keeping JFK car free was desirable during the spring of 2022. And whereas the Youth Commission has passed resolution number 2021-AL-12 John F. Kennedy Drive and Great Highway, permanent closure to cars, advocating for an equitable plan to support the long-term closure of John F. Kennedy Drive and Great Highway to cars, and Whereas making JFK Drive permanently car-free is a major step towards increasing pedestrian and cyclist safety in San Francisco, especially as JFK Drive is on the city's high injury network map, and Whereas making John F. Kennedy Drive permanently car-free gives recreational opportunities to everyone, including youth, and there have been 36% more daily park trips to, of walking, biking, rolling, and strolling on John F. Kennedy Drive since before the closure, and Whereas this plan takes equity issues and concerns into account by implementing, but are not limited to, the SFMTA 29 Sunset Improvement Project starting spring 2022, restoring the SFMTA 21 Hay service to Sanyon Street in 2022, in summer 2022, music concourse flexible pricing to reduce parking prices and museums for all extension to parking, and providing free admission to Golden Gate Park museums and attractions and Whereas this plan takes accessibility issues and concerns for disabled people and seniors into account by implementing improvements, including, but not limited to, 20 new ADA compliant blue zone parking spaces behind the music concourse bandshell, construction, including surface regrading of curbs, ramps, and paths of travel upgrades, and immediate fixes to park shuttle operations and routing, including more service. And whereas Whereas this plan takes mobility issues into account and ensures that all people can access Golden Gate Park by implementing but are not limited to easy drop off and pick up at the music concourse, clear maps and driving instructions, new bike share systems, and a separate promenade drive, se separate promenade space on Middle Drive. And whereas in this plan, there are three miles of car free streets connecting the Panhandle to Ocean Beach while retaining 83% of parking spaces, retaining 80% of roadways for driving in Golden Gate Park and allowing for emergency vehicles, Muni, and paratransit to use streets closed to private vehicles and 
Whereas on March 10th of 2022, the RPD and the SFMTA presented their plan about the future of JFK, JFK Drive in Golden Gate Park at an informational hearing to the Recreation and Park Commission and the SFMTA Board of Directors and. Whereas the SFMTA and RPD proposal will go through the Board of Supervisors approval process as early as April 20 of 2022. Now, therefore, be it. Resolved that the Youth Commission urges the Board of Supervisors to support the permanent closure of JFK Drive to private vehicles and to support the Recreation and Parks Department and the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency's Golden Gate Park Access and Safety Program proposal and be it. Further resolved that the San Francisco Youth Commission approves the letter expressing the support of the Commission, Attachment A, and directs the letter to be sent to the Board of Supervisors of the City and County of San Francisco. Thank you for um, your presentation of your thorough resolutions, um, Commissioner Barker Plummer and Wynn. Um, at this point, commissioners, if you have any questions, now would be the time to ask. I have a clarifying question. Um, so this would be um, ultimately a um, resolution that supports the closure of JFK, even with the um, suggestions of how to make it more equitable? Yes. Um, yes. The re yeah. The, re the resolution um, supports the closure of JFK Drive, and it supports all of the equity concerns. I mean, the equity recommendations that were um, voiced by the community when surveyed by the MTA. All of those are together in the proposal that um, SF Rec and Park and SFMTA are bringing to the board supervisors soon. Okay, thank you. That was my understanding, but I wanted to clarify. So thank you both for that. Are there any further questions about the resolution? Hearing none, um, because this is a resolution, we do typically have a discussion period. Um, so I will now open it up for discussion. If any commissioners have um, comments, concerns, anything they want to add. Commissioner Zhang, should yeah. we do public comment first or is that after discussion? Um, I will call public comment after. Okay. If you're checking. Um, I wanted to, I mean, thank you both commissioner Wynn and Barker Plummer for bringing this up. Um, cause these were concerns. Um, I, well, not the bringing up the equitable focus, because that was a concern that I had when I first heard the presentation and, and still do. And while I do believe it is important to recommend those things, um, an unfortunate reality and, um, truth suppose about our job is that like, um, we can recommend, you know, a lot of, we can recommend a handful of things until the cows come home, but ultimately it is up to their decision. Um, in fact, I believe a resolution that Commissioner Osfa and I believe a year or so ago had um, suggested um, 
uh, defunding of the San Francisco Police Department. And not only was that not necessarily listened to, I believe for the next fiscal year, it was um, increased. And so um, I just, for my personal opinion and my personal perspective, I just can't in like good conscience like vote for something knowing that like it's going to negatively impact D10 and D11 with the potential that it would maybe not, you know, that hypothetical is just a little too much for our community. So for that reason, I will be voting um, nay on this resolution and yet both appreciate um, all of your efforts for bringing this up and having this conversation. So thank you. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is a little lost. Uh, this is Commissioner Elliott up here. Uh, and I just want to echo what Commissioner Sa Santos just said. Anything else, Commissioner Santos? Um, I do also appreciate all the work that you guys have put into this. But personally, um, I'm against the closure of JFK um, for multiple reasons, uh, having to do with equity and all that, but also having to do with my concerns around accessibility and just having all that lanes and all of those things shut down to people with disabilities and cars um i wouldn't be able to put in good conscience either that they would be able to easily live uh the same life as able-bodied people and kind of putting it out there that i just it seems rather wrong to me um but that is my personal opinion uh, so, yeah, I just want to give my reasonings for why I'll be voting nay on this again. Appreciate all the work that you guys have been putting into this, but yeah. Um, Chair Jan, am I to comment? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to give my reasoning for why I um, am so enthusiastic, both about JFK and Great Highway, but um, specifically about JFK, I live across the street from Golden Gate Park um, and have multiple times used Crawford JFK. It's it not only does it is it a nice space to be able to do physical activity, um, it also makes the surrounding areas much nicer. I know that my Quaker meeting, because we were not meeting in in person in a we were not meeting in our meeting house because um, we wanted to have you know fresh air throughout the pandemic. Um, being able to meet outside near the Conservatory of Flowers was always a really great um, thing that we were able to do. And it was thanks to JFK being closed that it was, you know, sort of a much quieter environment for us to be able to do that in. Um, and that's just one of many examples I've heard from community members, especially uh, young people, about how great this space has been. Um, I respect and really do um, understand the concerns that many people have. Those were ones that I had and I wanted to see them addressed before there was a proposal on the final solution. Um, I, I think that the recommendations that uh, SF Rec and Park have made and um, SFMTA have made uh, address many of the concerns, especially around accessibility, equity, equity and mobility. Um, and ultimately, I think it is a net positive for our communities, particularly for young people um, in San Francisco. Yeah, um, I can add on quickly as well. Like, I do not live a block away from Golden Gate Park. Um, I live in D11, but um, like 
being able to take the 44 and access JFK and like bike on it with my friends has been really meaningful for me. Like even though I don't have access to JFK every day, I know that um, the the drive being car free helps a lot of people um, have access to like movement and like it's it, it just creates a lot of opportunities for people and um, Adding on to what Ewan said, I know that the MTA and the RPD put a lot of work into ensuring that the bus lines going to Golden Gate Park are more efficient and ensuring that people from all parts of the city have access. Like just because um, people don't live close to the space shouldn't mean that they shouldn't have access to buses and other services that allow them to use the space. And I think that every time we support a project, it's not going to positively impact everyone, but I think overall having JFK be car free is a positive for our community and could benefit a lot of people. And um, this program does address the concerns that um, you guys voice. But yeah, like you said, I really appreciate you guys voicing your concerns um, and I really value all of your perspectives. Um, and if I could just jump in first off, I just wanna thank um, Commissioners Wynn and Barker Plummer for doing this resolution and building off some of the, the work that we did last year um, on the commission writing this resolution. And also, I just want to respect the um, the things that Commissioner Santos and um, Alioto Pierre brought up in terms of it's like trying to look at who this, who it mostly solves with keeping it close, who it serves, I guess, um, which is mostly able-bodied people and more affluent neighborhoods, as well as not neighborhoods that are primarily black or Latinx. But I just wanna voice my support after having heard from the D1 office and talking with their transportation people. Um, I do think that uh, we, we're gonna be able to maintain pressure on the SFMTA and the city to make sure that this project um, is looked at with an equitable lens and is is formulated with that in mind. And so I think that Although it is important to look at those things, I just think that that SFMTA, if we apply pressure in the right areas and we really make it imperative that these issues are are kept at the forefront of what we're doing in, in terms of trying to um, push to keep it open, I think it'll be a net positive like what um, Commissioner Wynn and Parker Pointer said. So yeah. Okay, I put my name in the chat just in case. Uh, but another a kind of point that I wanted to highlight from what Amara and Valentina were saying are is this idea of equity, but more in the sense of I know personally, and I'm sure everyone here has been affected by the SFMTA uh, bus line uh, closures and whatnot in this overall um, our city's bus system just not functioning as it did before the pandemic, which is not to say that it's sort of the way it functioned before the pandemic was perfect. And in fact, it still had a lot of flaws. And I say we're in a worse position now. I feel like a lot of this attention being uh, being given to closing JFK Drive really doesn't give enough um, time and energy and effort to the larger issue of the fact that we're not in a city right now where even if, you know, all the buses functioning, even if all the buses that usually go to JFK Drive are still going to JFK Drive, 
not all those buses are accessible to everyone because only currently only youth are able to access those buses for free. There are so many different experiences I've had just in this past year as things have started opening up where bus lines were inconsistent. I wouldn't be able to see the time and when they were coming. I mean, I've literally had to stop taking the bus in the morning to school or else because it was just so um, sporadic that I could not guarantee that I'd be on time every day. And that took away from my parents' ability to work and just cause another sort of obstacle in our day to day lives, which is my kind of main reason for voting. No, I do think that 1 day having JFK drive clothes will, of course, be a great option for different um, families to be able to enjoy and partake in it. But I don't think we as a city are at that point yet. I think we need to more so focus on building a robust. A public transportation system that's accessible for all that's reliable and that actually serves the needs of our communities, because I know currently in my district D5, so many of the bus lines that I used to take are just either coming at a way less frequent time or just not running at all. And I feel as if I, if I were to support this resolution, it'd be further, it would be adding on to this conversation of closing JFK Drive, which closing or opening it will still not negate the fact that we don't have functional we don't we do not have a functional bus system and that's what's really the underlying problem here and i think what's holding back a lot of people from wanting to support this measure because when we're thinking about closing jfk drive if that's the first step then there's going to be a large gap that'll take years to solve from people from districts like d10 and d11 to be actually able to access jfk drive because as we all know nothing in this city can move particularly fast so again, while I do think that in in the future, I'd love to see JFK Drive close if all the uh, pieces are put in the right position, but I just don't think we as a city are ready to have that unless we're able to actually have a public transportation system that serves the needs of our communities and make sure that it doesn't just get everyone uh, to JFK Drive in the easiest and most accessible way as possible, but also how are we able to access these buses in our day to day lives in a way that, you know, we can depend on and we can actually, you know, enjoy. So, yes, kind of my whole thing about this resolution. I do really appreciate the time and effort you guys put into this, and I completely acknowledge and understand the uh, want for having these sort of accessible green areas in our city in an urban area but i just don't think that that's the step that we need to take right now and that our city needs to do way more in terms of providing accessible transportation to all regardless of uh, financial um regardless of one's financial status or ability and i think if we close jfk drive we'll be ultimately creating more problems and solving them so thank you Thank you, commissioners, for um, adding to the discussion and for your incredibly well-spoken comments. Um, with that being said, are there any further discussion points that commissioners would like to bring up before I call public comment? Yeah, I just want to quickly respond and say that um, personally for me, I, I I do live far away from Golden Gate Park, and I do recognize that there are many equity issues, but I think 
with this program proposal and looking at um, accessibility concerns in general with public transportation and um, access to the park, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Like, I think we can slowly work towards more accessibility to green spaces while also ensuring that we have robust and efficient public transportation networks. So that's why I'm supporting the closure of this drive because I do think that it's a step forward. And while there's a lot of work to be done to address equity concerns, it's still important that we work towards our goals and not just take steps backwards because it doesn't address all of our concerns. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Okay. Um, with that being said, I will ask if there is any public comment on this item. Um, <clears throat> yes, I do believe there is one person uh, waiting. I will unmute them now. Um, just a reminder, uh, we are allotting, I believe, three minutes. Correct, Victor? Is it three or two? Or is it any? Um. Normally, it is 3 minutes unless they designate otherwise. Okay, um, so yes, uh, public commenters uh, do have 3 minutes uh, to speak. Um, I will unmute the person uh, from earlier. 1 moment, please. Hello, caller, you are unmuted. Great, thank you so much. Um, good afternoon or evening now, um, these commissioners um, just want to speak really in strong support of this item. Uh, I believe the proposal to keep uh, JFK Drive closed to private automobiles uh, will do many great things to uh, the city, especially for young people providing open space. And, you know, it's important to note that this, uh, this park used to be this road through a park used to be a high injury corridor. That's, you know, the 10% of streets that make up, you know, 80, 90% of the injuries uh, and deaths in San Francisco. This street was also just full of cut through traffic cars trying to go downtown. And that's not what we should be using our parks for. You know, this park is not meant to be a highway. Um, the other thing about accessibility and improving public transit access, the 44 is saving three minutes, which may not seem like a lot, but you know, that's a 5% speed improvement throughout this route. And it, it's not only the speed improvement, but the lack of traffic on JFK now also contributes to improve reliability. So not only is the bus traveling faster, but it's also more predictable when the bus is coming. And Muni and this plan calls for improved shuttle service to access uh, or to improve accessibility. I recently rode the new route that now connects with the 66, the 33, and the 7 route in the Haight. Um, and they're working on the 29 improvement project. And it's not a zero sum game. You know, we can improve public transit and we can do this. And, you know, I, I think we really need to do this because when we have cars and we have cars clogging up everywhere because they're all driving all over the place, um, that takes away from public transit. It slows our public transit down. So, you know, it's, it's not like, a, you know, cars and public transit versus JFK. JFK is actually benefiting our public transit systems, so I just find it a strange narrative. Um, we also have to think about there's an 800 car garage uh, that people can park in and access all of the museums, access JFK Drive, access the park, and they're working to make that parking more affordable, um, working with the museums for all programs to potentially give 
expanded discounts and lower rates to people of lower incomes. Um, and it, this is just a great proposal. It really meets our Vision Zero goals, our transit first policy, um, climate goals, you know. We can't keep living in a world of private cars. You know, it's it's not going to work. You know, the world is on fire right now, and if it, it's just, I, I don't know how people vote no. I don't know. Anyways, thank you for your um, public comments. Uh, I do not see any others in the queue. Thank you, Madam Clerk. That being said, uh, public comment is now closed. Are there any motions on this item? Uh, motion to approve, but do we need to move to suspend the bylaws or is that? Oh, yeah, Madam Clerk, um, there was a request that because the mayor's, I believe, uh, decision on this resolution or an issue pertaining to the golden gate arc jfk drive access um is going to be made tomorrow we're requesting to suspend the bylaws so as the chair i can motion to uh suspend the bylaws and not require a second reading um so i will put a pause on item 6a and just ask um is there any public comment on my motion to suspend the bylaws. Seeing none, public comment is now closed. Um, is there a motion to suspend the bylaws to not require a second reading? So moved. Is there a second? Commissioner Shaw, second. Great. So, Commissioner Barker Plummer motions to, or, yeah, Commissioner Barker Plummer motions to suspend the bylaws and not require a second reading, seconded by Commissioner Shaw. Um, please let me know if I'm not motioning for that correctly or if that is not within our bylaws. But um, Madam Clerk, can we please take a roll call vote to suspend the bylaws? Yes, on that motion to suspend the bylaws, um, Commissioner Tanaka. Aye. Commissioner Tanaka, aye. Commissioner Aliato Pier. Wait, sorry. <clears throat> can we just, can I just quickly clarify? Would this be on like just being a okay for the Thing going through to the board? No, this would be just to suspend the bylaws. So this would be the first and only reading of this resolution. Okay, um, aye. Commissioner Aliotta Pierre, aye. Commissioner Shaw. Aye. Commissioner Shaw, aye. Commissioner Hum. Aye. Commissioner Hum, aye. Commissioner Barker Plummer. Aye. Commissioner Barker Plummer, aye. Commissioner Lestana. Aye. Commissioner Lestana, aye. Commissioner Zhang. Aye. Commissioner Zhang, aye. Commissioner Foley. Commissioner Foley, not present. Commissioner Osva. Aye. 
Commissioner Aspa, aye. Commissioner Kachubik. Commissioner Kachubik still not present. Commissioner Pimentel. Aye. Commissioner Pimentel, aye. Commissioner Santos. Aye. Commissioner Santos, aye. Commissioner Frett. Aye. Commissioner Frett, aye. Commissioner Love. Commissioner Love still not present. Commissioner Origata. Commissioner Oyugata. Did we lose them? Commissioner? Commissioner Oyagata? I'll circle back. Um, Commissioner Zhu? Aye. Commissioner Zhu, aye. Commissioner Nguyen? Aye. Commissioner Nguyen, aye. And Commissioner Oyagata? Gonna say okay. Commissioner, we've got them not present for this uh, roll call. Okay. Um, with that, uh, the motion passes. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Okay. Now back to item six A, or rather to the resolution. Um, is there any motion on this item? And as a reminder to commissioners, um, you can either vote for the commission to approve disapprove or take no stance um okay so okay so we have a roll call vote for um uh to approve this uh i i'm not sure if anyone motioned yet okay commissioner win motion to approve Walker, one more second. Walker, <clears throat> one more second. Thank you. Commissioner Wynn motions to approve of the resolution seconded by Commissioner Barker Plummer. Um, Madam Clerk, can we please take a roll call vote on this motion? Okay, on that motion to approve this resolution, Commissioner Tanaka. Aye. Commissioner Tanaka, aye. Commissioner Alio Tapir. Nay. Commissioner Aliota Pierre, nay. Commissioner Shaw? Nay. Commissioner Shaw, nay. Commissioner Hum? Aye. Commissioner Hum, aye. Commissioner Barker Plummer? Aye. Commissioner Barker Plummer, aye. Commissioner Listana? Is it possible to have more time to think? I can circle back. Okay. Commissioner um, Zhang? Aye. Commissioner Zhang, aye. Commissioner Foley? Commissioner Foley, not present. Commissioner Asfa? Nay. Commissioner Asfa, nay. Commissioner Katsubik? Commissioner Katubig not present. Commissioner Pimentel? Nay. Sorry, may you repeat that, please? Uh, nay. Nay. Okay. Um, Commissioner Pimentel, nay. Commissioner Santos? Nay. Commissioner Santos, nay. Commissioner Frett? 
Commissioner Fretney. Commissioner Love. Commissioner Love not present. Commissioner Oyagata. Commissioner Oyagata, I will circle back. Commissioner Zoom. Uh, nay. Commissioner Zoom, nay. Commissioner Nguyen. Aye. Commissioner Nguyen, aye. Um, and Commissioner Lestana? Nay. Commissioner Lestana, nay. Um, Commissioner Oyagata. Commissioner Oyagata, not present for this vote. Uh, let's see. Who is the tally? <laughs> we have four eyes and 14 months. Oh, uh, we can't hear you? Did I mute myself? I apologize. No, it's just you're pointing away from the screen. Oh, sorry. I'm doing math. <laughs> um, so it looks like we have uh, one, two, three, four, five um, eyes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight nays. So I believe that the motion fails and uh, it, it is not passed. Yes, thank you. The motion fails and does not pass. Um, we can move. Okay. Okay. Um, at this point, just to double check, Madam Clerk, would we move on to the next item or are there other motions that? I, I'm not sure if we have to open that portion up to public comment at this time, but because we do have somebody. Normally, uh, uh, we would move on to the next item unless you decide you want to take another, make another motion for some other action. Yes, um, I only say that because I do see um, somebody in uh, the attendees list that is not on the commissioners list. So I'm not sure if they want to make public comment on any musher. Do you see them? Victor, sorry, I didn't catch that question. Um, um, we have a, we have a, we have somebody in the the attendees list, and I wasn't sure if they are there to uh, make comment or not. Um, yes, I, we've already had public comment, and uh, they did not indicate that they wanted to speak. If they did want to speak, they can hit star six to unmute themselves or, or raise their hand uh, and let us know that they want to speak. Okay, yeah, I just noticed that there was somebody else that popped yeah, in, I, so I just to acknowledge them. Um, but I believe we are ready to go on to measure or item number seven at this time. Okay, thank you for the clarification. The item did not pass. Um, Madam Clerk, can you please call item seven? Okay, so item number seven is uh, the committee reports. Um, item 7A is the executive committees. Starting with um, LAO. Commissioner Hum, if you have any updates. Hmm. 
Commissioner Hum. I can circle back. Um, but comms. Yeah, um, we have no updates at the moment. We've still just been communicating with um, the new clerk team about how we're going to make the budget purchases. And we've also been updating the Instagram with more opportunities and also like reminders about youth commission meetings. Gabby, if you want to add on. Um, yeah, I don't think I have anything else to add, except that like soon we are going to start planning another um youth commission community team builder thing yeah that's all thank you for the updates um commissioners lynn and listana as for general committee updates um i personally don't have anything to update on it was just a standard meeting with the new um clerk's office Commissioner Oswald, do you have anything to add from exec? Uh, I wasn't there for the last exec meeting. Right. Remember? Apologies. Yes. Um, it was, yeah, it was just a standard meeting. Not too much to update on. I'm just going to circle back to Commissioner Hum. If you have anything on the LAO end um, that you would like to update on. Yes, my apologies. Um. There is no new youth-related legislation introduced after the last Board of Supervisors meeting, so that concludes my report. Thank you. Um, Madam Clerk, can you please call item 7B? Yes, um, item 7B is uh, the committee reports for OCOF. Commissioner Oyagata, if you have any updates, feel free to share them. Um, there is no updates for OCOF. Okay, thank you. Um, Madam Clerk, can you please call item eight? Item eight is staff report. I believe we have um Madam Clerk Cavio on the line to take over um, and report out. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Through the chair, good evening, members of the commission. Angela Calvio, I'm the clerk of the board. Uh, just for a couple of weeks, taking over the staff position role for the commission, generally speaking, um, I have just a couple of updates for you. Um, regarding the day-to-day -day work in the office of the Youth Commission, uh, I haven't heard from any commissioners if they needed access to that office, so we haven't opened it this week. But just wanted to put a reminder out there that if there was something that a commissioner needed, we're happy to uh, get that office opened for you. Um, we are monitoring the telephone lines and the emails for you as well. And to that end, a couple of invitations have, have come in. Um, I did make a presentation at the executive committee for three organizations that want to come and, and, and present before the commission. I'm not going to review those three. Um, I did work with the executive committee on when those three bodies should come before you. And so we're going to get that set up. But in the meantime, there have been two more. And so, uh, Madam, Madam chair, with your permission, may I just comment on what those two bodies are and get your 
direction. Uh, the first one happens to be the San Francisco County Transportation Authority. They are working on a grant opportunity. They're hoping to make a presentation to your body so that they can share with you what it is they're actually going for and the target audience for the funds and um, maybe even link up with you and to get some direction or guidance from you. Uh, I, I'd love the opportunity to reach out to them so that they are able to present this opportunity before the commission. I see you nodding your head, so thank you. We'll set that up for you. Um, and we're probably looking at uh, April for that to occur. Okay, because I know we've got a few lined up in um, early April. Um, also, um, Itzel, before she left, had made contact with uh, an entity, um, the outreach, it's the SFMTA, Wald Taylor. Taylor Wald is the individual who's been trying to um, invite either Itzel, and I'm certainly going to, most important is for a youth commissioner, if they are interested in meeting with several uh, city employees and their focus is going to be how do we reach out to the youth community better? And so to me, that seems like for, for th those organizers out there who um, have some time on their hands, the meeting is occurring on April 1st. They would like to discuss creating or implementing youth engagement and professional development programs across different departments and thought that you might be interested in this. What I can do is reach out to Mr. Mr. Taylor and get something uh, more formal to, to send out to each of you. And then uh, Madam Chair, if there's a different process you want to appoint someone from the commission to go to this, maybe there's a different process you'd like to follow, um, but I'm happy to take direction for you on how we can guest best get um, your commissioners out to this meeting, if that's something you all have time for. Yes, if you're able to send the information via email, um, we can yeah. also coordinate, yeah, people who are able to go. Okay, um, and then there is. I'm sorry, just a quick question. Do yes. you have a time for the meeting on April 1st or is that still? April 8th, you know, um, April 1st, but he didn't put a time there. So we'll okay. send that out to you, commissioner. Thank you. Sorry to interrupt. Anytime. I, I, I hope I could get some interruptions. So <laughs> they're all welcome. Thank you. Um, and I just wanted to give you two other uh, bits of, of information. The first round of interviews has occurred for two highly, as I mentioned at the last meeting, two uh, highly qualified candidates I'm going to be interviewing um, uh, this week. And so it may be that we're going to onboard two really great individuals who actually do work and do organization in the community. Um, so at least I don't know them, but according to their credentials, that's a part of what they do. Um, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, is I will continue to bird dog what advisory bodies are going to be expected next to be able to conduct their business in both a remote world and in person, and we'll uh, continue to bird dog that for you. Um, I am available for any questions uh, that you might have. I'm sure there's other things I could talk to you about, but just want to be available if there's something you'd like to ask me about or something that I should do for you. 
I have a quick question about possible um, commission community events um, or like bonding events. So in the past, um, once about every month or so, a few commissioners yeah. would meet up at City Hall. Is that something that would still be possible um, to coordinate? For a few commissioners to come uh, to your office? Yeah. Absolutely. You just tell us when and we'll have it available for you. Okay. And Madam Chair, if I could just provide you 1 information I had uh, our staff here, just double check the referrals. Um, we, there are a number of matters that are currently pending for you. I don't know if you're familiar with all of them. I, we could certainly put a list together and send them out to you. Uh, uh, that uh, there are specifically 2 hearing files that were referred to the commission that we didn't get anything for and that may be just fine but i just wanted to double check with you one of them is the family friendly workplaces and the other one is safe routes to schools and so if uh, if you needed more information about that i'm, I'm happy if the commissioner who's working on uh, those matters if wanted to reach out we could be put in our place that yes, you're aware of them and they're already moving through your process. That would be fine too. Or if there's something more you'd need us to do with that. Happy to help. Yeah, um, I will ask commissioner hum if you have capacity as LAO to um, look into the legislation referred and then have that. Either at our next or following meeting. Great, thank you. And finally, I'll just say a couple of commissioners have reached out to me and I have worked independently with them. And so I just wanted to say that anybody else's, your call is always welcome or an email. I'm happy to um, work with you in any way, shape or form. All meetings will remain confidential unless otherwise requested. Thank you members. Thank you, Clerk Calvillo for your um, report. Are there any commissioners who have further questions? Okay, if not, um, Madam Clerk, can you please call item nine? Item nine is announcements. Okay, at this point, um, any commissioners or staff, um, if you have any district events, call to actions, webinars that you would like to um, share with everyone, please feel free to do so here. I am not hearing any, um, so Madam Clerk, can you please call item 10? Item 10 is adjournment and that concludes our business today. Thank you everyone for coming. This meeting is adjourned at 7.18 p.m. Appreciate it. This is a longer meeting than usual. We'll see you all in a few weeks. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Alrighty. All right. Thanks everybody. Thanks, uh, uh, Victor for your help. I think we're good. Stop the recorder. Oh, yep, let me do that. Thank you. <laughs>
Thank you.